another advanced sports analytics podcast. We are getting ready for the Monday, March 1st NBA slate on Superdraft. That's a five-game slate starting at 8 p.m. The two games at the 7 o'clock start time will not be included in this slate. So, you know, pretty small slate, uh, you know, to keep an eye on. Overview of the slate, there are two games kind of bubbling to the top with the higher totals leading the way is Utah at Utah at New Orleans, 236.5 total, uh, followed by Brooklyn at San Antonio, 233.5 total. Um, the late game, Charlotte at Portland, lingering not super far behind, but uh, below 230 at 229. And then uh, Denver at Chicago, middling 220s. Cleveland-Houston, the low game on the slate at only 217. Aside from totals, just looking at teams and their different paces, how they match up, uh, we mentioned Brooklyn at San Antonio as one of the high games. Figures to be the most up-tempo game on the slate. Both Brooklyn and San Antonio uh, play pretty fast. Brooklyn over the past 30 days, almost at 100 possessions per 48 minutes. San Antonio, over 100 possessions per 48 minutes. There's only one other team that averages over the past 30 days, 100 possessions or more per 48. That's Houston. And then both these teams, effectively, Brooklyn and San Antonio, that has raised the pace of their opponent in the last 30 days. Brooklyn has raised the pace of their opponent by over possession per 48 minutes. Uh, San Antonio, almost a possession per 48.83 possessions to be exact. So that means that their opponent coming to the game has some uh, prior over the last 30 days uh, possessions per 48 in games. They observe some pace on average. You know, both these teams have raised the pace of their opponent, we say, uh, by about a possession per 48 minutes um, or a possession per game. So, you know, not only you have the high total there, but also pretty up-tempo games. That figures to be a pretty good game to target. Cleveland at Houston, uh, kind of an interesting game. They are the lowest total on the slate. Two teams that play at very different paces. You know, as mentioned, Houston's up over 100 possessions per game uh, or per per 48 minutes, actually challenging 101 possessions per 48. you know, super fast, raising the pace of their opponent by two and a half possessions per game. Cleveland, on the other hand, playing pretty slow, uh, you know, 96 and a half possessions per 48 minutes, uh, lowering the pace of their opponent effectively by almost two possessions per 48. Um, you know, I think a spot to be potentially interested, even though there's a low total in some of these Cleveland guys who actually have lowish multipliers, um, Thinking being that you know they achieve uh, some kind of historic median or so, you know historic scoring on which multipliers are typically uh, priced that is in line with you know this team's average pace when they go up against an opponent that is projected to play super fast. Um, you know we figure that there's an opportunity for some of these players on the slow play, slow pace team to outperform their historic averages and therefore pricing. Uh, so one team to kind of keep an eye on. And then Utah at New Orleans coming in kind of an average pace. Um, you know, New Orleans a little slow. Uh, 
just over 98 possessions per 48, lowering the effective pace of their opponent by a little more than half a possession per game. And then Utah playing, you know, slightly above average. They're, um, you know, about 98 and a half uh, possessions per 48 and raising the effective uh, pace of their opponent by almost a possession per 48. And again, that is kind of the high total in the game. Uh, Denver, Chicago, actually, we have expected to be the slowest game on the slate. Uh, you know, Denver's playing super slow, uh, just over 96 possessions per 48, slowing down their opponents by almost two and a half possessions per 48. And then Chicago's kind of about average, you know, 98 possessions per game, uh, just a positive delta of 0.1 possession on their opponent. So, um, you know, something to keep in mind as we're considering players. As we go over to our projections, uh, starting at guard, uh, the guy that's bubbling to the top is PJ Dozier, actually, at a 1.95x multiplier on Superdraft. That is quite nearly the multiplication ceiling for a guy who is back from injury, so, you know, might be having some price lag there. In his first game back, I believe, had in the mid to high teens minutes, uh, you know, typically a pretty high usage player when he's on the floor. And, you know, Denver does have some injuries that potentially open up some minutes for Dozier. Um, RJ Hampton's out. Of course, Gary Harris is out. And uh, Facundo Campazzo, not expected to play. He's kind of the backup point guard for Denver. Uh, and Marcus Howard, the you know backup backup point guard who, you know, would figure to maybe fill some minutes for Campazzo, is also out. Um, so good opportunity for some of these uh kind of guard swingman type players to see some minute increases, you know, guys like Morris or Barton. Um, Dozier has that really high multiplier and could really benefit if he gets minutes up over 20 and kind of in the mid twenties, we're projecting him for 23 minutes. Um, and he maintains that relatively high usage uh, in those expanded minutes going up against Chicago, you know, a team that isn't a super strong defense. So, could be a good spot for Dozier um, who's got really just a super high multiplier on him and kind of his projection is coming a lot from that 1.95 X multiplier. Mitchell's a guy whose multiplier has been shrinking over the past couple of weeks. He's now down to 1.25 X, but in that high total game, um, you know, just the, uh, de facto kind of high usage player on that Utah offense with a good team total uh, obvious reasons to be excited about Mitchell and his you know, project or his multiplier rather hasn't shrunken so much that he's not playable uh, 1.25 still feels good enough to consider Mitchell in a strong matchup. John wall um, also towards the top of our projections uh, for guards at 1.3 X just below him. The two uh, Cleveland guards, we talked about Cleveland in a low total game, but uh, figuring to be in a pace up spot. Garland and Sexton have 1.65 and 1.55 X multipliers, respectively. Those feel like really, really high numbers for uh, guys who are locked into high 30s minutes, um, you know, both sharing pretty significant usage roles within that Cleveland starting lineup. DeJounte Murray. Um, in a high total game expected to be up tempo could see uh, some decrease in usage for Murray as he has, uh, you know, had 
that San Antonio offense is getting kind of healthier and healthier, um, but still figures to be a good spot at 1.35x for Murray in a super high total game. Harden is the only true uh, 1x player on the slate. And while he is projecting as the best raw projection on the slate, at 1x, he's really not finding his way into a ton of optimals for us. Um, our model is a little more partial to guys like Kyrie or you know Mitchell, as previously mentioned, or Lillard. Know, guys who are just above uh, Harden in multiplication, Lillard at 1.1x, Kyrie at 1.15. And while they have a slightly worse raw projection, you know, that 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 extra one or 1.15x multiplier, sorry, that extra 0.1 or 0.15 uh, multiplier, you know, makes a, a non-significant difference. So, um, you know, could be a, uh, you know, Harden, expected to be super popular. And while it is a good game environment, just with a low multiplier could be a potential, uh, you know, spot to, uh, you know, get off uh, chalk given, given that low multiplier for him. Moving on to forward, we mentioned Dozier. He's got guard forward eligibility. So could fill either spot within lineups. Uh, another guy, Levine with that dual eligibility at 1.3x, pretty good multiplier on a guy who not that long ago was in the low low one uh, multiplier tier. Just a you know usage monster for that Chicago uh, offense. Not really the greatest uh, game environment, but uh, 1.3x feels like a pretty good price on Levine, and you know just is going to get a, a ton of usage. Can score it. Can can dish it. Uh, you know isn't kind of as total zero and rebounds or defensive stats. So you know, could be a viable option uh, at forward in the mid tier Zion Williamson, a guy who is regularly towards the top of our projections, uh, high total game on the slate, modest, uh, you know, slight pace up spot guy can uh, fill it up in a number of different categories on the defensive end, uh, scoring, rebounding, uh, you know, not a total zero in terms of assists, probably a total zero in terms of three-point shooting, but uh, you know, can, nonetheless can score it in a number of different ways. And that 1.3x multiplier is, you know, perfectly perfectly serviceable for considering Williamson for some lineups. His teammate Ingram at 1.35x, probably a little more one-dimensional, uh, isn't going to help you out as much on kind of the boards or as a distributor. Um, maybe a little more as a distributor, but you know, it doesn't really have the defensive upside that Zion has, but you know, can get some added points through three-point shooting where there's a uh, half-point kind of raw bump for extra threes. So it could be a forward to consider as well. Um, Gary Trent, forward guard eligibility, 1.65x, you know, pretty strong multiplier, not the greatest game environment, but you know, we mentioned Portland is. Portland at Charlotte is kind of the uh, third game on the slate is in terms of implied total guy just gets a ton of minutes is on the floor a lot and um, you know, can kind of find his way into some respectable fantasy scoring. And at 1.65 X, you know, it does have some decent juice on him. Moving to the center position. Uh, Jokic is the lowest multiplier center figures to be super popular. Uh, he, you know, it seems like night in and night out is 
the preferred center when he's on the slate, uh, you know, super high ownership, even when he's one X and he is at 1.1 tonight. So expect him to be super popular. Uh, projection wise, doesn't feel like a bad play. Uh, we are a little more partial post multiplier to Ennis Cantor. His minutes have been creeping up for Portland. The game total is, you know, solid. Um, and at 1.5 X true center uh, like Jokic could be a way to differentiate from Jokic lineups. If Jokic is going to be super popular, um, you know, just has a little more juice with that high multiplier uh, is in a pretty good minutes role. Uh, you know, could be a consideration, you know, both Jokic and Cantor true centers. So any lineup that has Jokic by default will not have Cantor. Uh, so, you know, could be a consideration on, you know, ways to differentiate really outside of those. There's not too many centers we're super high on. Uh, Pirtle is the next highest projected center. I do have concerns about his minute ceiling. You know, we've seen Trey Lyles role expand uh, as a front court player. LaMarcus Aldridge is back. And, you know, even when Pirtle plays, he's just such a low usage guy. It feels like there are kind of few routes to him putting up a slate breaking performance. He really only figures to be part of the winning lineup. If Jokic and other centers fail in a big way, uh, Jared Allen been seeing a ton of minutes uh, since Andre Drummond has been removed from the Cleveland rotation. Just wishes multiplier was a little higher. Uh, guys got good defensive upside, you know, can, can pile on blocks in a heartbeat. As, as can Rudy Gobert, but both these guys are kind of in a multiplication range where it just feels like, at least from a, you know, projectability standpoint, you'd probably prefer to get up to Jokic or I guess go down and multiplier to get to Jokic. Um, guys that could be considered, maybe they'll kind of be lost in the middle of people going either uh, down to Jokic or up to someone like Cantor or maybe even Pirtle. But uh, projection-wise, don't project quite as favorably as some of the guys either above or below them. So that'll do it for this Monday slate preview. Uh, encourage you guys to check out our tools that we have tailored specifically for SuperDraft. We've got uh, SuperDraft-specific projections, uh, optimizer that allows you to build uh, large numbers of lineups quite quickly with rule setting, bounce, exposure limits, um, you know, setting number of differentiators or kind of uniques as I've seen it referred to uh, group and team uh, constraints, super powerful way to just enter, you know, mass amount of lineups. Uh, super draft has, I think 150 maxes on most of their large field tournaments. So, uh, you know, if you're really going to go for it on any one night, a good way to build high quality lineups efficiently and uh, you know using a projection system so I encourage you guys to check that out as well as the team pulse app which has some information about pace defensive and offensive ratings of teams just general macro uh, team factors to consider for the slate so I encourage you guys to check that out at advanced sports analytics and use some of these tools to submit lineups at superdraft that's superdraft.io uh, NBA golf NHL they have MMA tournaments and uh, NASCAR as well, baseball coming up soon. So a lot of good uh, contests 
on Superdraft to uh, check out. So I encourage you guys to do that. And we will be back on Wednesday for another NBA Superdraft slate preview.